An economy teetering on the brink, an environmental disaster the likes of which have not been seen in years, an entire country ablaze with unrest, and all the while, a war that continues to impact millions around the globe. Today, the Paradigm Switch will dive into this year's March Madness. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another exciting episode of the Paradigm Switch podcast with our hosts, Avon and Alex. We seek to encourage our heavenly family in Christ to renew their minds and to think right side up. The key to victory is knowledge, and it is our hope that through sharing our personal testimonies, struggles, and triumphs, it will help you continue your walk with Christ. The Bible says we are new creatures in Christ, but in order for us to emerge anew, we first have to think anew. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Paradigm Switch. We are the number one Christian podcast on earth and heaven's favorite podcasters. My name is Alex. I'm one of the co-hosts here, and with me is my co-host, Avon. Hey, everybody. How you doing? And Avon, it is uh, an episode that is going to be a little heavy today, I think. Yeah, I think so, because our world is kind of in a chaotic state. This is a topic you wanted to talk about and kind of just discuss and just see how we can encourage each other through these kind of turbulent times. Yeah, and turbulent times is right. And there's just been a whole lot that has happened over the last couple of months, really. And I think on this show, we haven't really taken time to address any of this, which I would like to rectify now because it's it's tough. It's tough to watch all these things. It's tough to watch the human pain, the human suffering, the uncertainty of where things are going. I think there's a lot of fear of the future mm -hmm. that is happening right now. And I think that it is uh, a time where we really need to be able to approach all of these things as, as believers together and see um, what God is telling us to, to do in situations like this. And, you know, some people, even even Christians, they might be looking at this being like, God, where are you? <laughs> I agree. You know, I saw this thread on TikTok and even TikTok is a big debate right now within um, the media. Uh, and it was this question for millennials of do millennials even have midlife crises and or crises is that the plural word crises. Um, yeah. Crises. Crises. And so people have been commenting or doing these different conversations about it, saying how us millennials, we have gone through so much in our lifetime. And I was just kind of looking back over my life so far, we've had the DC sniper, we had 9-11 happen, Ebola, Zika virus, recession that was a 2006, 2000, was it the 2006, 2009 recession? Um, a lot of um, jobs were crashing then, um, COVID that just passed. Um, we had the Iraqi war, um, all this kind of cra crazy stuff that has happened in my lifetime so far. And I'm only 30 at this point in time. And it's just, you know, natural disasters, Hurricane Katrina, um, um, Texas got flooded with that hurricane. I think two hurricanes came one year. And just a lot of just natural disasters and all this kind of like crazy stuff that has happened in our lifetime. And, you know, people on TikTok was just saying we don't need a midlife crisis because everything in our life so far has been in a crisis situation. And, you know, and it's just interesting that now we're just talking about this kind of March madness of just like everything that has unfolded, you know, in the month of March and that started months before as well. Yeah, I mean, I think every generation faces crises. I mean, maybe our parents a little less so, uh, but certainly our grandparents, you know, mine, 
they were born in the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'll tell you this. No one really, uh, at least in my circles, knows what it's like to be hungry. Mm-hmm. Which my grandparents, they did know that. And so it hasn't become as horrible as that, I don't think, objectively speaking. But you're right in saying there has been a lot of stuff that has happened uh, in our lifetimes. And like you were saying, I mean, I remember 9-11. I remember exactly where I was when that happened. I remember exactly how that day unfolded. Um, I remember the name of the girl who was called to the office for early dismissal before I was from school that day. So mm-hmm. it's like etched into me. And and yeah, the natural disasters, Katrina, there was Ike that flooded Houston in 08, Harvey, and my brother was in Texas when that happened. Uh, major uh, flooding and damage. Um, Irene, I think it was, was it Irma? Irma, maybe. Yeah, Irma. The Keys in Florida. Uh, Maria was in Puerto Rico later that year. And then, um, you know, last uh, fall, my uh, aunt lost everything because that hurricane hit Fort Myers Beach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, we have seen uh, quite a bit. Um, the the tsunamis in Indonesia at Christmas. I don't know if you remember that in 2004. Yeah, I remember that. Um, pretty big and then the Haiti earthquakes and everything and, and we had the earthquake in Turkey and Syria just a couple weeks ago uh, which has caused a lot of uh, damage and a lot of loss of life in the Middle East so it's yeah we have seen some things um, uh, definitely and and then wars is too as you mentioned Afghanistan Iraq um, that the US has participated in so thankfully um, at the time uh, my family had not had uh, people in that war, but now, of course, now that everyone's grown up, I have two family members in the in the military, and my brother is overseas right now, so mm-hmm. it's uh, it hits you a lot differently, I think. Yeah, it does. But what kind of topics or what kind of March Madness things did you want to tackle for today's episode? There's so much, and you know, we could do a, a multi-episode series on the things that have happened that are happening, but what are the key points that you think that's important for us to discuss um, and stuff? Because sometimes, you know, I think that the church wants to kind of put their head in the sand and just be like, oh, you know, all is good, you know, God is good and stuff like that. It's just like, no, you need to pay attention to what the surroundings are around you and get God involved in your situation, in your circumstances that are happening in your community, in your world that is around you. Yeah, so I guess we'll just go through all of these in chronological order. So one thing we haven't talked about on this show thus far, but now I think we really need to discuss what is happening because I think it's been a long time. And unfortunately I haven't really seen much done. Now I, I could just be missing things from being on the outside. I don't know. So if there's any listeners uh, in Ohio who want to comment on this, maybe you can leave us comments, but the train derailment and the toxic chemical spill in East Palestine, Ohio, that was uh, back on February 3rd. And, uh, look, you know, it's um, a lot of toxic chemicals got into the environment. Uh, A decision was made to do a controlled burn, which, as a scientist, I really don't don't know why that was made the Mm -hmm. way it was. Um, I mean, uh, there are health and environmental concerns. Uh, I do think um, that there has been um, contamination of the water in the area. I think I remember reading about this. Fish were dying, uh, that there was an increase in the volatile organic compound amount in the air, as well as an increase in particulate matter in the air. So concerns there. And honestly, 
a failure by the U.S. government to respond to this appropriately. Mm -hmm. uh, they waited weeks and weeks and weeks. And, you know, when we have uh, a certain cabinet official, you'd never know the name of this particular position unless they screw up. And I think all of us know the name of this particular individual now because this was not handled very well. Well, it wasn't just and, the fish that uh, suffered. A lot of people had, um, from the news I saw, a lot of people had um, their dogs and cats became very sick. Because um, at first, people people evacuated. I believe people evacuated, and then they came back after the control burn, and people were a little hesitant. And just being back, I think within 24 hours, they had a lot of um, their pets be either really sick or just drop dead. Um, I know I know one news report I had seen the lady said when they evacuated, they left their chickens because they, you know, they had a plot of land. So they had their chickens just, you know, in their backyard or whatever. They came back. All the chickens were dead. I think she had a good 12 chickens and they all just died. And they look in their security footage and they even checked the chickens. There was no bite marks, no attack, you know, a scene of like some fox or something got in to attack them or anything like that. So it wasn't just um, fish that got contaminated. It was, I mean, that passed away. It was other animals as well. And I think small children got sick as well and got nauseous. Yeah. And I, I just, it's really horrible what what has happened and i i don't know what support really has been given recently i just know that it took quite some time mm -hmm. for there to be any response to this which is just really awful and you know i've been praying for the people of east palestine um uh, but I think a lot of people maybe are just feeling a little helpless over all of this and like, what can you do? You know, it's like they've already burned the chemicals and stuff. So and it's, it's hard um, to see all of this. You say this is a fail, a failure in the government and a failure, you know, just the decision and stuff. And, you know, when I see this. You know, one, you have to understand people are human, so mistakes will be made. Not everyone will make decisions that are perfect. I don't know nothing about chemicals or anything like that. So, you know, I'm not a science person, so I don't know what's the right procedure on it. Me personally, I think what, I would have put water on it before I put fire, in my own opinion. But what is the lesson that we can learn from this, or what do we do with such kind of situations like this where those leaders who are over us make a decisions that impact us? Where do us as believers go from there when we have such a situation like that? I mean, it just goes to show you that you cannot, you cannot have faith in the government. It's just, they, they are going to use that, that they're humans uh, too. So they'll let people down inevitably because you know, we're all flawed and this is what happens. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, that this is, this is where I would hope that the church would open its doors uh, to help people. Uh, hopefully this is, this is where, you know, maybe, uh, I think maybe this goes back partially about, you know, the church needing to be united some more, but a concerted effort to, to, to bring resources there and help. I mean, it's hard to say, it's hard to say. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm thinking of like, just like me and an individual individual, like someone living in that kind of situation of like, you know, what do I do? Because I just now had this dramatic change of I was living my life. There was a derailment that happened and boom, a sudden change has just hit my life. So like me as a believer, what am I to do with this boom? I had a sudden change where I may have lost my entire house, my t entire livelihood and stuff. Where do I, you know, how do I pick up the pieces and stuff? 
And I think one of the, like you said, one of the main things is to, especially in today's world, I was kind of going to save this later, but I think it fits here now of just one, we live in a society now, or we live in kind of a world where nothing is stable. Everything is just, just nothing just is going to stay the same and not have attachments. I know this sounds kind of hard, not have attachments to stuff. Kind of like I can't move. I can't, I can't move forward because I'm so attached to like these things. And, you know, I can't keep my faith in God because, you know, I was attached to these things, you know, house, cars, all those kind of comfortable things are very nice. Trust me. I love being comfortable. I love the house that God has given me and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I can't live in attachment to that. That's not my source of comfort. That's not my source of provision. I have to always remember that it's in God that God is the one who brings me um, security. God's the one who brings me peace. God's the one who takes care of my every need. So like you said, you know, maybe it is where the church needs to be united or we wish that it was a little, little bit more united to provide those kind of support and stuff like that to people in need and everything like that. And being connected to your local church, maybe they have those um, resources and stuff, but just that's where you really need to learn to trust in God and lean on the Holy Ghost for direction on what to do for your life. And that's why it's important to always stay connected with God and always remember that, you know what, those things are, you know, those things are just things, you know, those things are things. And when I pass away, I can't take those things with me. I can't go enter eternity, bring in like a luggage with all the stuff I have on earth and all those kind of stuff. Always remember that, you know what, those things are just stuff is temporary, but the relationship I have in God and the confidence I have in God and the peace I have in God that's eternal because, you know, something like this can totally destroy a person and make them stressed out, depressed. I mean, <laughs> it's logical to see why that would make you stress out and all this kind of stuff. But the thing is, remembering this is why we have a relationship with God. So when we go through those hard times, we have someone to lean on to help us through it. Yeah. And actually, I just looked up a, a news story from... Um religion news service. And I'm actually really heartened to, to see this. So it looks like there are churches that have been mobilizing to East Palestine. And so it um, they have been uh, passing out bottled water, bringing food, opening their doors as a crisis center, uh, as they say. And mm -hmm. um, it looks like it's at multiple different denominations, which is really good to see Baptists, Pentecostals, Methodists, all coming together to uh, help out the people of East Palestine, Ohio. And it looks also like that there are people turning to God in all of this based on this article. So uh, God using something really bad to perhaps change the eternal direction of people's lives in which good would come out of this. So that's, that's actually really, really good to hear and really good to see. And so I'm glad to see that this is happening. Um, that is one thing that has happened. And now the, ne the next thing is uh, the, there was this earthquake in Turkey. This is not in our notes. So Avon's probably looking at me being like, <laughs> what, what's he talking about? But there, there was, there was an earthquake in Turkey and in Syria, a 7.8 earthquake on the 6th of February. A lot of uh, problems, uh, 14 million people impacted by this 50,000 plus dead mm. in Turkey. So this kind of, I will be honest, I think I got overlooked a little bit by, by me when this was going on because we had uh, everyone in the news and everything talking about the, the train derailment because that was the more immediate thing in the U.S. But this also 
you know, it's going to impact a lot of people. And um, again, it's just really sad to see these kinds of things happening. Yeah, it's like a, it's like one of those things of just like, like I said before, an immediate shaking in your life that a, like a complete unpredictable change that can happen at any moment. And I remember when that happened, they said not only were they expecting deaths due to the um, earthquake, but, you know, people were now homeless and they were saying the nights were going to get cold and all that kind of stuff. So they were expecting uh, people who were still under rubble and stuff like that to possibly, you know, get sick or hypothermia from it you know, freezing at night, you know, at night getting really cold and stuff until, you know, rescue workers were able to reach them and stuff. So I remember that being a huge concern in their efforts to try to like save lives and try to get through the rubble and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, likely that there are some believers impacted by this. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, um, this is in Turkey and, and Syria, which, you know, predominantly Muslim countries, but also, there are believers who live there, and regardless, you know, you pray for everyone involved in these situations. I think, um, yeah, because this could have could be you, could be you one day. It so. could be you, and then also the you know the thing that gets me is <laughs> um, that's interesting to me because just um, not too long ago, I just read about the protest in France the instability out there in France. Like, oh yes, that- I, I experienced that personally. Yeah, yes, you did. You were telling about that um, last previous episode that the the whole riots and the the protesting and all that stuff has really gotten kind of hostile. They burned down a, I think I believe a two hundred year old building, um, a historical yes, uh, building, city hall in Bordeaux. Yes, mm-hmm. it was burned burned um, a couple nights ago, I think. Yeah, so that that story actually has my attention of just following that because, you know, I always thought, like, you know, yeah, I don't know why. You think of, like, Europe, France, all that kind of stuff, like a very calm country, very, you know, it's just shocking to see, like, it becoming very hostile. But then I remember the French Revolution back in the time, you know, that happened there too. But, you know, all these kind of instances that we have just seen, you know, just thinking about East Palestine um, in the U.S., um, And then here in France, you know, personally talking about the changes in the culture and things that are going in kind of a southern direction, I've been seeing this kind of rise of like injustice within the land, both domestically and internationally, where people are getting frustrated of not being treated fairly, where kind of like the powers to be are kind of corrupt and they're not treating people right. And I just want to remind people that God is a God of justice and God loves for things to be fair and equal, as stated in Psalms 37, 28, speaks to God, a God who loves justice. And, you know, it's just like people are not wanting to be accountable for their actions anymore as well of of facing justice like when they have done something wrong they don't want to uh face accountability you know people want free will but they don't want the responsibility or the accountability that comes with making your own choices and being um a free will human being or whatever you want to say and then also along the lines of things being like not fair and injustice currently i have a friend who works for an organization i don't want to mention the job and this friend was telling me that the executives got exposed because they were getting a i believe over a 40% raise on top of them already making six figures. So these executives, there are like nine of them, already make six figures. So they were going to get like a significant like 40% raise while the other workers below them were just getting a 2% raise. So that is a huge gap 
in between um like management and then like the employees so it was like she was showing me that it got on the news articles and all that kind of stuff and it was just showing and essentially the board directors voted to give them that raise and all that kind of stuff so just seeing kind of the corruption that happens in our world and in our system where people are just not being treated fairly and as you see this happening in France of just like people getting frustrated of not being treated fairly and the powers to be of just using and abusing the people and people are growing frustrated. And that's actually a thing. People are growing frustrated with bad treatment. Yeah, that is, I think the perception of people in France that the, the government is making, and it's not really the whole government. I think it's really one person who is <laughs> making decisions and using constitutional loopholes to go around the legislator. And yeah, I think the pers- perceptive of people in France is that they are, uh, being treated badly mm-hmm. by their by their government, and so yeah, they're um, they are res- protesting over all of this. And you know, I think unfortunately, they should, I I don't think it's ever good to be violent in these kinds of responses to burn down buildings and stuff. I don't no. I don't I don't think that's the right way. Uh, I understand the frustrations, and this is again why believers and and we talked about this. Uh, a couple months back, why we need to be involved in the political process so mm-hmm. that we can elect leaders who are fellow believers and love God and are not going to be corrupt like this. So uh, what would you say to the believers? Like, you know, there's believers who are in France where this kind of stuff is impacting them. Okay. Like this, this stuff is impacting them. And, you know, there's things that are here in the U S or whoever, wherever our listeners may be, there may be laws that are impacting you that you are frustrated with. And sometimes Christians just say, Oh, pray about it. And things might get, you know, yes, you can pray about it, but like you, you, you know, faith without works is dead. What are the works to do to help in that frustration to try to make things better? I can't speak to France. I don't. No, I, we, I don't we don't know, know the laws of France and all that. The political system works in the United States. However, believers should get involved in the political process. If they think that there are laws that are uh, bad and that they want change, they cannot just stand on the sidelines. And I know we've talked a lot about this on this show. There is this this thought amongst American Christians, some of them, that we need to rise above corrupt and dirty politics mm-hmm. and that we need to just, you know, not get involved in these things. No, this this is this is exactly why we get bad policies, folks, because we we think we're somehow above this. No. And and as I talked about on the show and even and I talked about it a few weeks, uh, a few months, maybe. Uh, back uh, on civic responsibility, the United States government was meant to have Christians in it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it doesn't function. Mm-hmm. And you should go back and listen to that episode uh, because it's a much more detailed discussion around this particular topic. But yeah, if in the U.S., if you think that we need to fix our laws, if you think the people in charge are corrupt and that they're bad people and that you know we need change, then prayerfully consider getting involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, prayerfully consider running for office. It doesn't have to be national office. Changes begin locally in yeah. the local area. I mean, run for school board. There are a lot of issues in public schools in the United States today, and particularly where Avon and I live, which is constantly, <laughs> it seems, on the national news for a, a new scandal. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I think it had so many really scandals, like, last year, or was it the year before? It was like... 
constantly you were sending well, me links it's, it's or something. Both. It's, it's both years, and they, they just keep coming, you know, all these corrupt uh, school board officials and decisions that they're making that are, are not good, and, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. there is a lot of issues. So it, you can start there. Get people like that who are going to misuse their authority and, and push policies that are not what God would like. Vote them out, yeah, and take their place. You know, That's you what I you know, you were saying with voting and stuff like that. You know, we like I said, like Alex had said, you know, we don't know the ways of the French government or any other government outside the U.S. and stuff, so we can't really speak to that. But you know, look into how you can get involved in your country because I know we got listeners in Australia and um, the um, the U.K. But I was gonna say, you know, yes, in the U.S., we all can get involved in voting and all that kind of stuff. But you know, what I was saying in other episodes before, some of us have different gifts and talents. Some people have a gift and talent to communicate really well and to work in the realm of politics and to be a politician. You know, the Apostle Paul was very good in speaking and how he would engage in people and all that kind of stuff. He already he knew how to really engage with officials and people in leadership. So God used him mightily to speak to different like people of power and all that kind of stuff. So if you have that gifting to be able to communicate well, to build relationships and all that kind of stuff, and you understand the policy making and all that kind of stuff in the government and stuff, that's where we need Christians to yield your gift and yield your talent to the kingdom to be able to make things better for the for the for the for the for the country and stuff like that. Like Alex says, you don't have to go straight to the top at federal level, but you can start locally in the school board and stuff, you know, start small and maybe God will build you and grow you to that bigger and better level. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yield your gift for the, you know, greater for the kingdom. You know, maybe you may not have aspirations for that, but we need people for that. It's for the greater good for us here. Yeah, there was a candidate at my church who ran uh, for a federal district in the last election. He came up a little bit short, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was unfortunate. But, you know, that's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. And he he made my particular area, which had really swung a different direction historically, mm-hmm. uh, and it was something like plus 25 in 2020 or something was plus uh, 10 in 2021 and plus five or plus six um, in 2022. So there is impact being made. It is. When Christians get involved and they can change things at the, at the local level. So I think that that is evidence, you know, maybe, maybe came up a little bit short. I, I think, I hope this will not be his last time mm-hmm. involved. You know, there's a scripture that came to me and it's in Romans and it says, you know, we overcome evil with good. And, you know, we see a lot of evil and a lot of things that are happening in our culture and stuff. I mean, for me, the thing that's just so ridiculous that is growing is just growing admiration of Satanism in our, in our culture and in our media and stuff. So the way to overcome that is good, but it's by doing something good. Sometimes I don't know why some Christians just think, Oh, just pray about it. Well, you know, yes, pray about it. Praying is good, but then it needs to be followed up with actions. Faith without works is dead. And so, you know, you need to pray and then some actions need to follow up behind that. Which are done in conjunction with the Holy Spirit's prompting. Exactly. That's that's important. Some Christians like me can get really fed up about all of this and maybe be in danger of making a flesh move decision. Yeah, can't do that. So we have to, <laughs> we have to pray uh, about 
what to do next. Um, but we still have a couple more uh, problems uh, to discuss, which I think are weighing on a lot of people. There's this continuing war in Ukraine, net, which has now been going on for over a year. Mm-hmm. Um, reportedly, hundreds of thousands are reportedly dead. And I just don't see anybody right now who wants to make this better. They mm-hmm. don't seem to want peace. They don't want to seem to have negotiations, diplomacy, um, especially, unfortunately, in Western governments. They just seem to be escalating things, at least in my opinion. Like I just read the UK is planning to send uh, uranium to Ukraine. Yeah. Um, and I don't. I think it's depleted uranium, but, but still like... I, I just I don't understand this, and maybe it's because I don't know international affairs and global relations. But I just think the human cost of this is very high, and you know, what? Why do we keep seeming to uh, want this to continue? Mm-hmm. Because, like it or not, I do understand that there is the risk of global war rising between the great powers uh, over all of this. Like, uh, history tells us, you know, World War I was started because um, this unpopular Austrian politician got assassinated in Serbia. And, like, it was uh, considered a a darned foolish thing at the time. Mm -hmm. And it caused a world war mm-hmm. and the most brutal and violent war that the world had ever known at that time. And I just see parallels of this. And, and if, if I just pray that cooler heads are going to uh, break out here and that we can, can at least think about talking, a, opening diplomacy and trying to achieve peace here. Like I've, maybe this is because my brother serves in the military now um, I just, uh, I don't want him to get involved. having to go involved in this mm-hmm. over, over, like get sent overseas and, and go to war and be at danger of being sunk on his ship and, and lost at the bottom of the ocean because of recklessness in our uh, political, uh, politics in different countries. Like, I don't want to see that happen. Yeah. I mean, it makes me uncomfortable hearing about war. I mean, I don't want to be involved in it in any kind of way in a sense of like definitely I don't want to if I don't want to get drafted into the war especially for something I'm not (laughs) that I wasn't involved in or anything like that I don't want to see I know some people in the military besides your brother and stuff like that I don't want to see them getting involved in you know loss of life and then vice versa people on the other side I don't want to see any it just like for me it's the human loss you know for people who weren't who aren't involved in the situation who are just trying to live their life you know, they just want to live a simple life and just live, you know, just here on earth. And now they're getting involved in such a situation. And you were saying about, you know, your fears, you know, for your brother and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we do have people who have lost lives and lost loved ones and stuff in this situation in Ukraine and stuff. And like, I can't even imagine it. I can't imagine how it is mm-hmm. for a country to be invaded. And I think we talked about this, too. Like, I, I just... I can't imagine what what is going on and what it would be like to be in a war torn country like mm-hmm. now I, I don't I don't it's it's really horrible though like 
But what do we do? What do we do with all this fear? This fear talk all the time? Because I know when I get when I turn on the news and I keep hearing the things about the war and all that kind of stuff, and it just seems like it's getting worse. I actually change the channel because I just don't want it. I don't want to think about it, and I don't want to be overwhelmed by fear. Yeah. So the question is, what do we do in the in the face of fear? And I think the first thing we have to do, because this is this is fear of the future, fear of the unknown. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we have to remember that God is in control, mm-hmm. right? That's that's the first thing we have to remember. And Second Chronicles uh, chapter twenty verse six tells us. Uh, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Mm-hmm. So, so this, this is telling us that all of these chaotic things, crazy things that are happening, none of them are beyond God's control. Yeah. And so that, that gives a measure of comfort, right? Because... We know the character of God, and we know who he is, you know, a God of order, God of justice, a God of love, and God who is faithful. So we know these uh, things about the Lord because the scriptures tells us this. And so it is able to offer us some measure of comfort that God has the, uh, he can mm-hmm. put a stop to this all immediately. This is like, this is not beyond him. This is not being led by the enemy and the enemy is winning here. That's not what's happening. And I think that that is uh, comforting to us, or at least to me. So can I ask you this question? So I know we're not done with the list, but I feel led to ask this question right now, if you don't mind. Um, You know, we're taught, you know, you're saying that God's in control and all these kind of things. And we've listed like the, the unexpected explosion of the chemical, you know, in East Palestine, the the earthquake, um, the war, um, the France stuff, all this kind of stuff. Those are the things we mentioned so far um, and everything. And you're saying that God's in control, but we're talking about all these negative things. And I can only imagine there might be a listener who might be thinking, where is God in all this? Why is God allowing for all these things to be going on? If God is in control, does that mean that's his fault, that these things are happening? That's a good question. No, and it's a very good question to address. And I think the answer to some of this, at least in terms of what humans are causing, is that humans have free will. Okay. And and humans have the choice to listen to God or to not to listen to him because you know God does not make us as slaves, right? He wants us to choose him of our own accord. And unfortunately, because we live in a fallen world and humans chose rebellion once upon a time and forever still choosing rebellion, they're still choosing rebellion. And so when we see riots and violence breaking out in France, when we see uh, countries go to war, uh, these are human decisions. Mm -hmm. These, These are the result of humans choosing the wrong thing and not choosing the right thing and that is why god is allowing those types of things i think yeah and and so the the blame lies with men not with god as far as the natural disasters the toxic chemical spill which uh the the earthquake in turkey and syria all of these hurricanes we talked about previously 
Uh, again, I think that, and this may be a, a deeper theological debate, but I think that this is the result of also man's rebellion. Because in the beginning, man was with God and the the earth was was under his dominion. Yeah. And so so man was under God's dominion. So therefore, since the earth was under man's dominion, it was also under God's dominion. Mm-hmm. But then man chose rebellion and sin. And now man's dominion was uh under Satan's dominion. And so the earth by that logic if the earth is under man's dominion now man's dominion is not with god it's with satan under satan so this is what i think has caused the door to open for these types of natural disasters and other problems uh, because i think it's i think there is a case to be made that the earth is still under satan and that, I think, is why it's ultimately going to be destroyed in mm-hmm. the end, after all of this is over. It's, it's because, and again, this is a theological... I was going to say, there's so many theological rabbit holes that we could go be, down. You know, so, you know, we don't really get deep into theology on this show because that's not what this is about. But I guess to answer Avon's question, my thought on this is that Jesus Christ ransomed humanity. Mm-hmm. And those who chose him, but there's a lot that don't. And so and the devil the has an open door. Those. So the devil still has that foothold and control. And I think even um, he's referred to in scripture as the, the prince of the air mm-hmm. in scripture. And um, he is also, I think, called the, the ruler of this world. Mm-hmm. In scripture, um, that's in John twelve thirty one, called Satan's the ruler of the world, uh, prince of the air, uh, is in um, Ephesians two. So I think that that is the explanation for why we have natural disasters and, and everything, because this was the end result of humanity's bad choices back yeah. in the beginning. No, and, you know, I, I agree with you, too. I think there is, Satan still does has a foothold. You know, Jesus is and was successful in his redemption for mankind, but if those choose to reject, you know, that gift, Satan still has, like, an open door to cause, you know, destruction um, here on the earth and stuff like that. And, you know, some, some people might be saying, still thinking, like, you know, why, you know, shouldn't God block these bad things from happening to us? You know, if he loved us and this, this, and that, shouldn't he block these things? And, you know, this might sound kind of harsh and stuff, but, you know, the thing is that I've noticed, especially in our Western world, our culture is we're trying to get rid of God out of everything. We want God out of here. But the, the crazy thing is, as a culture, you know, we try to get God out of everything, but yet we still want his p- protection. We want him to still cover us and make sure nothing bad happens, but it doesn't work that way. Either you're going to submit to him to have his security or not. You know, I know if I was God and, you know, I'd be like, you know, why would you want me to cover you? Why do you want me involved in stuff like that? So, you know, 
it's something that we need to consider as a people, as a culture and stuff. And, you know, it starts with the church getting back on one accord because there's division in the church and even just submitting to God fully and following all his rules and stuff. So it needs to start in the church of like, you know, we want God's protection. We want God's power and stuff. But yet we don't want to humble ourselves to God's um, laws. We don't want to humble ourselves to the things that God has openly said, you know, to do and all those kind of stuff. We pick and choose what we want to obey and all that kind of stuff, but that's not how things work, you know, and stuff. So if we want God to really be involved in protecting us and cover us, we got to make sure that he is God and that he rules and overrules us. It's kind of a hard pill to swallow. I agree. Yeah, it is hard to swallow, but you can see a historic parallel to this. Uh, in Jeremiah, you had Israel, which was reigned at the time by a wicked king. Uh, well, I used to actually Judah, not, not Israel. They had been divided at that point. So Judah's uh, ruled by wicked kings, and Jeremiah is the prophet from God, and he, he keeps imploring the people of Judah to change their ways, turn away from their wickedness, don't be, you know, going down this path of, of, of idolatry and you know, they were sacrificing children to Moloch, I think, at the time. Yep. Like, been very bad things. Like, really, really bad. Oh, and also and God, a lot of sexual perversion for different deities and doing yes, weird orgies Astra, and stuff. Yeah, um, worship of Astra. Yep, yep. And so, so God gave uh, them the chance, and he sent prophet after prophet after prophet. And, and what did they do? They sawed Isaiah in half, and they threw Jeremiah down the well, and they... Um, spilled the blood of his prophets uh, and unfortunately he eventually threw up his hands and was like all right if you guys want this i'm gonna just let the babylonians come and take you yeah and that's that's what happened and and judah fell and the temple to god which solomon had built which is a, an amazing architectural structure if you read about how god laid it out in scriptures it was burned to the ground destroyed yeah. And all of the gold and silver in there got carted off to pagan Babylon. God let this happen because his people turned away from him. Yeah. So and, and so why should it? So it, it, this is a thing that I currently struggle with is I, I am very concerned that the United States is in this scenario where, where that could happen where we just keep ignoring God's calls and this culture becomes more and more wicked and destructive. Mm -hmm. And so why should he keep his hand on the United States? I mean, do you think that it was a coincidence? The U S became the most powerful country the world has ever known mm -hmm. in this 20th century and into the 21st century. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't, I think it was because God had his hand over this nation. Mm -hmm. And now I could see why he would want to, not any longer well in the fear so. well in the fear of that <laughs> you know to remember you know because you know you and i talk about that a lot like offline of like being concerned like you know that is a really good parallel that you make that what happened to the children of israel could happen to um any country that refuses to have god you know as their protection or submit to his ways like that and but i think the thing to remember for us the believers who are trying to live the life who try and who are really sincerely trying to walk the walk and stuff god will protect us no matter what um because you know even in kind of the destruction of israel at that time you know they had like what was it daniel and shadrach meshach and abednego they succeeded 
and God protected them and covered them in a foreign land and all that kind of stuff. And God was with them as they still stay submitted um, unto God. Maybe um, the nation fell apart, but them as individuals, they still were covered and succeeded and was protected with God's protection because God saw their heart and knew that they still loved him. So it's still an individual relationship with God that even though everything else is falling apart, it doesn't mean your relationship with God has to fall apart and he will cover you no matter what external things or circumstances are changing on the outside. Yeah, that is true. They were uh, kept uh, protected from all of that because they kept their faith with God. Uh, and even though they faced death, God stepped in. Exactly. Uh, and Jesus appeared in the, in the furnace and then he sh uh, God shut the mouth of the lions when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. But there's a verse in Second Chronicles chapter 7 that I come back to when I think about this. It says, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, and I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Mm -hmm. uh, it's verse 14. So I go back at, at to that and, you know, God offers a way out and all it takes is to, to turn to him. Yeah. That's, and, and then we will see his favor, I think. And Again, this is why I advocate for being involved in the government mm -hmm. for, for this reason, because leaders can affect change in the, in the people who live in a country. Like a really good leader, people will try to emulate him or her. Exactly. That's what I and we're all called to leadership. All of our, you know, you know, our audience is primarily for people who already accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. All of us are called to be leaders. We're all called to be an example and ambassadors for Christ. So we all can be maybe not significant in the sense like on a platform preaching, but we can be an example in the workplace. We can be leaders on how to behave, you know, when we go to school and all that kind of stuff and show people the ways of Christ and all that kind of stuff. And just be an example yeah. everywhere that we go. We can, we can. And, um, I think we have a couple other things to look at. I don't know, even though he's just kind of like <laughs> yeah, that got off the notes. But you know what? I think this is a good way. This is where, you know, you and I are led to go in this conversation, I think. So that's good. Um, it's one, one story of note about the Lord protecting his people. Mm -hmm. There was a proposed legislation in Israel last week uh, brought by two members of the Knesset. So that's the Israeli equivalent of Congress uh, for Americans listening to this. And um, they were trying to make evangelizing illegal okay. in Israel. So, so they were trying to make it so that Christians go to prison. That's effectively what this legislation would do. So I want to clarify this. They want no conversation in the sense of you saying, like, do you want to accept Jesus as Lord in your life? Or is it just like you can't even mention Jesus at all? Because I'm thinking of all the Christian sites that are there that mm -hmm. people will obviously have conversations and do tours about to be like, oh, this is where, you know, the apostles were. or This is where Jesus, you know, did a prayer, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like you know, they do tours and all that kind of like Christian, you know, sightseeing and stuff in, in Israel. So is that what they're trying to do outlaw or just outlawing like kind of the typical thought of going door to door talking about Jesus? It appeared to me based on the analysis and, and I didn't read the actual text cause I can't read Hebrew. So I'm, I'm going based off of an analysis mm -hmm. could be 
not right. You know how people sometimes twist things. But from my understanding of this, it was that any kind of mention or just ascribing divinity at all to Jesus would be declared illegal. Oh. And um, it's a very, honestly, I think that's a very radical piece of legislation. So um, thankfully, the Israeli prime minister, a guy named Benjamin Netanyahu, mm-hmm. who um, he he's Jewish. He does not believe in Jesus as the son of God, but he's he put a stop to this. Yeah. He, and, and I would say he has always, at least if, if from how I have looked back over what he's done over his career, he has always done his best to treat believers well. Mm-hmm. I don't know too much about um, him as a person, but I'm glad he put a stop to that. I mean, that's a scary thought to think about, like, you mentioned Jesus as the son of God to be put to jail. It's like, whoa, we are living into, like, the end times of, like, the apostles, like, what they went through. Like, it's like, whoa, like, you can, like, you can kind of visualize and see what the apostles went through of, like, yo, I can actually go to jail for making this statement and this can be serious. I think actually this kind of law is um, used in other countries as well in the sense of like, there's no, you're not allowed to uh, spread Christianity or anything like that. So this isn't like the first time any country has kind of made this kind of law. I think this is just like significant in the sense of like, it's just really publicized. Well, that, and it's, it's Israel, right? Which is the only site for three different world religions. And, and by the way, to be fair, this legislation also would have made it illegal for Muslims to uh, preach as well. Oh, really? I didn't know the Muslim side too. If, if, uh, if a Muslim was trying to share his or her faith with somebody else, that also would have been made illegal as well under this legislation. Wow. It wasn't just Christians that were going to be impacted by this. So, um, but thankfully that got defeated. And I think, you know, this is, you maybe see the Lord's hand moving here, right? Mm-hmm. To, to defeat such a thing like this. Um, and so I think that that is a um, reminder that God's with his people. So in uh, Romans 8.31, very famous verse, I think we talk a lot about it, but it's as if, if he, meaning the Lord is with us, who can be against us? So think that that is also very comforting to me because it shows that God has our back yeah and that nothing happening to us is beyond him and he guarantees that he is with us through the troubling times that we face uh, for he says um, that he is with us and will never forsake us and that is in uh, in Deuteronomy originally, I think, or well, there's many scriptures oh, where he I... says that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the part the scripture I want to bring up is Hebrews 12, 28. And it says, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that can't be shaken. Thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. And I really like that part in the first part that says, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that can't be shaken. And I think in all these points that we made up today, we showed like systems and powers that are falling apart or that are shaking, that are unstable and all this kind of stuff. And the glorious thing about Jesus, and speaking of which, 
Easter is coming up, so this all ties together. The glorious thing about Jesus is that he brought back the kingdom for man to be a part of, that man can now become citizens of the kingdom of God, that we can be a part of the, the kingdom that Adam lost um, when he, uh, he and we'll just blame both Adam and Eve, when they both bit of the fruit and, you know, and we all fell into sin and stuff. He brought back that kingdom for us to have that security in God, that it can't be shaken and stuff. And so, and I, what I love about that is that this kingdom, the kingdom of God can't be shaken. And when I hear that shaken, it, what that means to me is that it can't be torn down or nothing is going to stop it. Nothing is going to make it fall apart or anything like that. No, no circumstance, no situation, no nothing can tear down the kingdom of God or make it fall or make it stumble or anything like that. So that's what I love about that scripture. And I think us as Christians have to remember, as the scripture tells us, that we are citizens of the kingdom of God, that we belong to this kingdom. So because we belong to this kingdom, our faith is in God. And so there's nothing that could shake us because we stand in him and we have him. So no circumstance should shake us. And I think that's what gave the apostles boldness when they went through um, all the persecution they went through, you know, just hearing about this Jewish law that was trying to attempt to come out against Christians um, and stuff. It just, you know, you know, Jesus already said that in the end of, in the end times, this kind of persecution will come. And so I think Christians need to have the mindset of like, you know what, when that day comes, I'm ready because you know what, I'm a part of a kingdom that nothing can shake me. I'm part of a kingdom that stays stable, that stays, that keeps the faith no matter what. And I think something, I think we need to be mentally prepared, um, to be be ready to make our stand no matter what. And remember that we're a part of a kingdom, part of a system that never has failed whatsoever. It's the kingdom of God. Yep, and, and Jesus himself, he guarantees that the church will stand. Mm -hmm. For he says that in Matthew 16, he says, the gates of hell shall never prevail against the church. His church. His church. His church. Yes, his church. There's his there's church. There, there's churches out there, but I don't think they're they're I don't think they're part of his church. That's a little He's talking to Peter. Some more context to this. Uh Jesus is talking to Peter, mm -hmm. and Jesus says, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will never prevail against it. So yes, that's a good uh that's good to to note that it is Jesus' church. There are a lot of churches these days, it seems. Some of them have nothing to do with with the Lord. So those are not what we're talking about here. <laughs> And um, even though I think you mentioned shaking, so one last thing to address really quickly here is there appears to be an economic meltdown mm -hmm. uh, on the horizon here. Uh, JP Morgan just said last week that they expect a recession to happen in the United States. And we have already seen the second and third largest bank failures in U.S. history happen over the last couple of weeks. And then there was a takeover of a bank in Switzerland. Uh, also, housing market seems shaky, might be sliding. There's uh, already been 150,000 layoffs that have happened in the U.S. alone this year, almost equivalent to last year uh, in the tech industry. Uh, inflation's growing, interest rates are rising. So, you know, we see uh, the storms that are there. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, you mentioned that the Lord is going to be with us. And I think one thing that I have to tell myself is I have to take it one day at a time. Yeah. To take it one day at a time. 
Uh, he tells us, you know, what is the point of worrying? Is this not the the Lord who feeds the the, the birds? So should he he take more care of us? Mm-hmm. This is in uh, Matthew six on the Sermon of the Mount, and so you just have to fall back on that. And you know, I have uh, in my life, I've I faced a layoff once before. God came through in the end for me, so I think you know, I feel a little more better equipped to lean on him this time around. Exactly. And uh, hopefully, I mean, hopefully none of this, hopefully it doesn't happen, but you know, we'll see. You know, speaking of economics and stuff, you know, we can just be on a ramp with this, but you know, I was just thinking as you were saying that just the instability of if things fell apart, an economic crisis did come about, God would protect his people. Cause I was thinking of Elijah here it is. Everyone was experiencing a drought because Elijah was protected under God. God had birds bringing him, what was it, cakes or bringing him, basically bringing him food and stuff. Yeah. So don't doubt God. And I know we hear, the, I know we, you know, I was so, I talked to my parents and family about this stuff. We hear these things in the Bible of like God brought the ravens to do this. And we think God wouldn't do that now. Jesus himself said, we're greater than those of like the Old Testament. Like, the people of the kingdom now are greater than those of the Old Testament stuff. God would do so much more for us, but we he can only do what we believe. So we got to believe for the impossible and stuff like that of like, I don't care what the situation is. God's going to take care of me and have that boldness and confidence and faith in him. I don't care what what's breaking down around me. God's going to do what he has to do, protect us. Jesus himself, the King of Kings, has told me not to worry about my life. I mean, that's what he said. Why do you worry about your life? That's not your job. Don't worry about your life. Like, that's what he said. So I'm going to focus on not worrying and trying to take care of myself. I'm going to focus on him and letting him take care of me. And that's a hard thing to do. But, you know, that's why we walk by faith and not by sight, not looking at the things around us, but walk by faith and not by sight. Job 42, verse 2, the author writes, I know you can do all things. He's talking about the Lord here no purpose of yours can be throttled. And so if God's going to take care of us, his purpose is not going to be throttled. Exactly. Amen. So I hope that that's some comfort to, to all of us as we go through these tough and turbulent times. Um, we're always happy to chat on our, uh, if you leave a comment in our comment section. And I think even that i don't have too much else to add here. What about you? No, I don't want to. I don't want to start another rant. So we can close it right here. Before I do, All right? You know, I love to talk. That's true. You do love to talk. That is true. All right, folks. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Paradigm Switch today. Uh, next week we will be approaching Easter, so it will be time for our annual Easter episode. And stay tuned for these announcements. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Paradigm Switch podcast. We hope that you have learned something new for your everyday life. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to tell your friends about the Paradigm Switch too. For more information on past or future episodes, please follow the Paradigm Switch podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to tune in for our episode next week as we continue renewing our minds to think right side up.